Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Life Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Wednesday. The first SWAT meetings of the week have taken place. How'd they go today, Doug? It uh, went really well. We had a big turnout at lunch today nice. and a good turnout this morning as well. But it was good uh, to uh, cover the stuff we were covering. We're in Acts 15, which is, again, we're continuing what we're covering this week. Um, you know, I just um, I, I was thinking about everything that's going on in our world, and it's just kind of really bizarre if you look at everything like I, some of the conversations like this morning one of the guy was talking about the electrical grid being compromised in our country and you know the the ability of maybe north korea or somebody to do some kind of dirty emp or something that would knock out that and he said that uh, one newscaster said if if that happened he was listening to a podcast if if the electrical grid was knocked out, like, say, for the whole East Coast, within a week people would be killing each other, you know, because they would just they would think about all the things that are affected by our power. Um, well, every year. Like you can't get gas. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, you can't buy things at the store. People don't even know what to do with cash anymore. <laughs> they don't. I remember I was uh, traveling one time. And power went out to a whole city block up there where we were. And I said, listen, I've got cash. All I want to do is buy something from the drugstore, drug, you know, some in anti, like a allergy thing. I'm sorry. I said, I'll give you more than it is. I just want to buy. No, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I mean, think about that. So multiply that times thousands and thousands. Um, and it's true. We've become so dependent on electricity on every aspect and they want to now go to digital currency and it's just it's it's bizarre so that's one thing that's going on in our world you know russia ukraine that's that's for most people who live in the u.s unless you have relatives over there or mission friends or somebody that that's something that you yeah, you kind of give a little attention to, but you're much more concerned with the gas prices or the prices of food and groceries or, you know, people. I've I've been contacted a couple of times this week by people wanting to know if they should buy solar generators or, or wells, you know, an ability to go out and dig a well in their backyard. Because people are really concerned for the first time in a long time that we could have a doomsday kind of scenario. And what would they do? You know, people are buying all these food packs, you know, 25-year food supplies. And I admit, I'm even thinking, should we be buying some of this? It just goes through your head when you start thinking about that stuff. Um, but the world is just, it's really in a, a strange place right now where you got the president of our country having to use crib notes and cheat notes mm-hmm. to address his outrage. 
I mean, that should be something that comes naturally from you as you see what's happening. Not that you have to have notes. That's scary. And to think that uh, he's in charge of our nuclear weapons. If you didn't have Christ and you didn't have God that was on the throne, uh, it would be a place that we should be very, very nervous and anxious. But praise be to God, we don't have to be. We can we can rest in the fact that God's in control, you know, and not worry, but pray. That's what we should do. Uh, but I was just taken back by some of the comments today, people talking about everything that's going on and in our world and concerns of the grid concerns. Of, you know, somebody showed me an article where Fauci's saying they're going to, you know, we need to, we might uh, enact lockdowns again. Like for what? Like Really? lockdowns again they're doing it in china right now yeah so uh that'll go over real well i think in our country i don't think that's going to go over well, i mean well. for two years they were able to do it i mean keep your guns you're never going to use them anyway right so um you know what you're saying about i think there's a lot of anxiety about the the grid and stuff like that because instead of you know being in an agricultural based economy that i would say is maybe more dependent on nature and therefore dependent on God to bring the rains and stuff like that. We've uh, put ourselves in a system where what are we dependent on? We're really dependent on the system uh, that, you know, to run and to operate smoothly. Uh, Most uh, grocery stores, three days is all the food that they have. They keep getting a new inventory every three days. And so, you know, I can, I see why people are, are worried and, and, uh, you know, have some of these anxieties uh, now. And if you're getting food storage, just remember, once you crack that open, the clock's ticking, so you better be able to grow your own food or something. And I think there's something to be said to being less dependent on the system and more dependent on uh, God. Mm-hmm. That 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 that's you know my family. Some of the things that we've been doing, you know, I moved out uh, to McClinney, started gardening, things like that. To really just it to me, there's a big uh, benefit as far as you know being attached, being outside seeing how God provides uh, through the rains and things like that. But there is the added benefit of, hey, I'm, I'm learning a skill that I'm be able to use, you know, whenever. Yeah, and you got a railroad car put about 20 feet underground and uh, <laughs> got all your supplies there. No. You know you can't do that. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. I'd be know. underwater. I know. That's true. Uh, all these artesian wells, right? <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, one of the things that has garnered a lot of attention in the last couple of days is the, uh, you know, Will Smith slapping. But what a lot of people haven't talked about is how, and uh, Lori was playing some news the other day, and they were saying the word gay over and over and over at the Academy Awards in response to what uh, Governor DeSantis was going to do. And and the way critics have framed this bill that was passed is you're not allowed to say gay, which is not true. That's, that's again, if you can frame the argument and get the word out enough times beforehand, you can make people believe something before it's actually proven true or not true, and that's what they've tried to do. And so all the hosts at the Academy were saying that, gay, 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 like, okay, in your face, gay, kind of a thing. But the word doesn't even talk about that uh, in the, the bill. The, the bill yeah. I mean, yeah, in the bill, it it rather's it, it keeps classrooms 
from instructing K through three on sexual orientation or gender. I mean, for, I mean, for K through three, uh, that's ages five to nine. And, um, I, I just, I, I, even Florida Floridians were interviewed today. Even Democrats. Yeah. On Florida uh, Democrats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Past that. But people were interviewed today and they said, well, DeSantis is a bully. And, oh, I thought and you were going I, no, 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 no. And I'm like, really? You don't even know what the bill says. How is that being a bully that you're protecting your children? Uh, first of all, children five to nine should not be discussing that anyway. Well, sixty-four percent of Democrats in Florida were polled, you know, uh, about the contents, not on the don't don't say gay, and they agreed with uh, what the bill was about. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of partisan stuff that comes into it, but as far as the actual contents, when people know what it's about and it's detached from any sort of political thing, it's like, yo, mm. yeah, we agree with that. So, if sixty-four percent of even of Democrats, you know, it's higher mm. um, across the board with uh, independents and uh, Republicans. So, I think DeSantis, obviously, he's been really knocking it out of the park. His response to that uh, was, you know, if the people that, you know, are into pedophilia and Harvey Weinstein and all that, if they, if they're against me, I, I wear that as a badge of honor. Like he's just doing a, a masterful job of deflecting all those attacks. Well, you were talking with me before we came on the air about views of, was it millennials or was it? Uh... Oh, it was a, a poll came out today. Um, talking about percentages of people who were LGBTQ, whatever, in 2021 by generation. Gen Z, 20.8%. Millennials, 10.5%. Gen X, 4.2%. Baby boomers, 2.6%. And traditionalists, so people born before 1946, are 0.8%. So you can see almost a doubling with each generation. And uh, just kind of people were pointing that out that, you know, you say born this way, but if you see that type of, you know, fit, that that twofold um, yield each generation, it's like, well, something's changing, and what's changing the way we is the way we talk about well, it. Well, so. most people in our culture now believe that the narrative that has been put out by lobbyists for the LGBTQ that humans are born that way, uh, that they're born that way, and with a a sexual orientation and a gender identity identity it may or may not correspond to our biological identity which is absolutely absurd no no child who is 4 or 5 year old 4 or 5 years old would would know that i mean like that are there aberrations to the normal patterns of behavior in boys and girls as young children sure uh, there there may be some aberrations to that, but by and large, most boys want to hit something. They want to fight. They want to tussle. They want to do something. Most girls want to do other things not like that. That's just the way it is. I mean, they've done sociological studies for years and years. Now, what one element of our culture is trying to do is go in and reshape that and uh, Charlene Catherine, I ought to see if I could get her back on here. She was an LGBTQ lobbyist and uh, came out with a magazine and everything. She said five years ago when she was on our program, if we can get your kids, then we own the world. And that's where they go. And that's exactly why they're so upset about this is we're saying, no, you're not going to teach K through three. 
keep in mind, this isn't even high school or junior. This is K through three, and they're upset about that. Yeah, I think they understand something maybe better than a lot of people in the church and in the culture at large do, and that is uh, how impressionable young kids are and um, that they need to be catechized, and so they're trying to catechize them in an evil way. All right, we are up against the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are going to be getting into Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 12. But I just wanted to bring up something that was in the news. We talked about it a few times, talking about, um, uh, where was it? Finland, right? No. Yeah, yeah. Finland. It was Finland. Yeah, where there was a um, a case of Christians being uh, persecuted for hate speech, where they were up, up in the courts um, for, you know, basically sharing Bible verses. There was two of them. One of them was a, a high-profile female parliamentarian, and the other was a bishop, um, and they were both uh, uh, seen as not guilty uh, in a big, big win for freedom of speech, obviously. But uh, the, the Finnish court clears them of the hate speech charge, uh, which was, again, uh, they shared biblical views, shared Bible verses, um, just uh, aligning with a biblical worldview on marriage and sexuality. And for that, they were uh, persecuted, but the court did vindicate them. So that is good good news. And I just wanted to bring it up since it was something we talked about a few times on the air. Um, you know, um, I appreciate you bringing that out because I had not heard that. And uh, I'm glad for her. Um, and him, the bishop, and, too. And him, yeah, yeah him, too. Um, I did want to go back to this bill, though, and how even it's impacting us here in Florida, in the in the in Jacksonville, Paxson students did a walkout. Mm. Seventy students walked out today, and you know one of the students commented. I thought it was interesting that this bill demonizes the teaching of any objectionable curriculum the school board deems not appropriate. 
which includes children learning about different walks of life and learning that it's okay to be themselves. Remember, gay is not a bad word. Now, this yeah, is a student saying this, right? This is in Duval, though. The yes. school board's not against no, no, that agenda. I, I, so. I know. Um, but anyway, the bill doesn't say anything about teaching that. Anyway, it, it talks about teaching about gender identity. And I want to just remind people, if you are a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, okay, humans are created in the image of God as male and female. There is no transgender in God's design. That is a man-made social concept. It's, it's male and female as God created them. Sex is intended only for a husband and a wife within the covenant of marriage, not between two men, not between two women. It's, con- it's the covenant of marriage. That's biblical. Homosexual relationships are outside the design for us, and they are forbidden. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, these shall not inherit the kingdom of God, those who are effeminate, those who are homosexual. He said, such were some of you. There was a change that took place. So as believers, you know, it's okay. If people are not believers, it's understandable. But how any believer would want to affirm a transgender uh, mentality, ideology, a homosexual ideology, it is directly contradictory to God's design and his word. You should talk to the VeggieTales guy because on his podcast he likened this to people who were pro-segregation back in the 1950s. I know, but um, it's it's very woke and very uh, progressive, and what people have done is they've— basically reinterpreted scriptures to say, well, that was back then. This is now. It's different because our government has affirmed that (laughs) as if that makes it okay. Yeah. It doesn't make it okay because our government affirms it. Scripture is clear about these issues. God made us male and female. This is not that it doesn't mean you hate people because they, uh, espouse that ideology, we should pray for them. We should uh, reach out to them in and, and hopes of, of helping them because they're at best confused about life and design, and they will never find peace apart from God. They're not going to find peace in a homosexual relationship. They won't find peace in a transgender lifestyle. The only place that they will ever find peace is in a relationship with the one true living God and living according to his design. Living according to his design is like a train running on a track. And when you try to go outside of that, it's like taking the train and putting it in the desert, and it ain't going to work very well. Yeah. Um, you know, it shouldn't, that should be common sense for Christians, right? Um, another thing about the bill, just uh, since we're talking about it, that people who are in Florida might want to know is. Uh, a big part of it is saying that a school cannot change the way that they treat a child without the parent's consent. So if a, a kid comes in and says, oh, I got a peanut allergy, they got to run that by the uh, the parents first to make sure, hey, do they really have this peanut allergy to change the way that they feed them? Um, obviously, this has connotations with if someone says that they are um, a different uh, gender. gender. Yeah, which that was actually a case happened down in Clay County 
the family didn't find out about what was going on in the school, that the school was treating uh, I, this young lady as uh, the opposite sex until her second suicide attempt. They didn't say anything to the family about that. So this makes this bill makes that uh, type of action uh, illegal that you have to tell. Which it should be. Yeah. It, it should be. Uh, that's, that's good. Well, um, hey, I wanted to let you know, if you're listening, whether you're in Virginia or Mississippi, out in Idaho or here, Jacksonville or wherever, that uh, November 25th through December 5th, uh, my wife and I will be leading a group uh, called Walk Where Jesus Walked. Uh, we're going to be doing a study tour of Israel, and um, it's going to be about three to four miles per day hiking, walking uh, along the text, basically walking out the text of the Old Testament and the desert all the way through Galilee and then through Jerusalem. And if you would like more information, you can send me an email at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G at SWATradio.com. I'll be happy to send you some information if you're interested. we got about 23 people signed up right now and uh, looking to take about 30. So uh, that is November 25th through December 5th. Well, this week uh, on uh, air, we've been looking at Acts 15, 1 to 12. And this is really one of the first uh, real dangers of heresy to hit the church. And it's the, the heresy of attempting to add law to grace. What happened is Paul and Barnabas had gone out on their missionary journey all the way to Derby, which was in Galatia. They had gone from uh, Antioch um, in Syria uh, to Cyprus, then to Iconium, then Lystra, then Derby, and they were in the area which modern day is, is southern Turkey. But they had taken the gospel to these pagans, these Gentile Greek worshipers. I mean, these worshipers were made up of Romans, Greeks, and people from outside of Israel, and they did not have a background in Abraham or Isaac or Jacob or the Old Testament. They didn't know the scriptures. And Paul is street preaching, and these people are coming to Christ. They're starting to follow Jesus in the way. And while Paul and Barnabas are on their way back, apparently some men come up from Jerusalem without the authority of the church in Jerusalem And they start telling them when they get back and they're giving a report that, hey, unless these people are circumcised, they're not really saved. And Paul was very upset about it. And he and Barnabas had no small debate with them. They they really debated them. And on Monday, we looked at um, what God really is calling you and me to do uh, in response to false teachers. And that's stand firm. That's what they did. That's what we're called to do. When somebody attempts to add anything to the gospel, we need to stand firm. It's Jesus plus nothing, and we saw that, and we we talked about that on Monday. Paul said in Galatians 1 that if we or an angel preach to you a, a gospel that's different than the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. He says it twice. It's, it's how strong he feels about it because this is a threat to the church. And he wanted to make sure that people understood that when you add anything to grace, it's no longer grace. If there's any kind of work associated with it, it's no longer grace. So so we, we 
kind of drill down on that on Monday. And then Tuesday, we looked at verses 2 through 4 of Acts 15, and really the fact that they sent Paul, Barnabas, they took Titus with them and some others, and they went to Jerusalem to seek wisdom from leaders in the community of faith. And the leaders down there were the apostles, the elders of the church in Jerusalem, and the leader of the church in Jerusalem at that time was James, the half-brother of Jesus. And so they they went down there to get input from them so that they could uh, figure out how to handle this because it was, it was frustrating for Paul and Barnabas. They just risked their lives taking the gospel over to all those places in southern Turkey or to Galatia. And now they're back and they're told that these people aren't even real believers, that they got to go through the law again. And so Paul says, no, we got to go down there to make sure we haven't run in vain this race that we've been on. And so today we're going to focus in on verses 6 through 12. And we're looking at this idea of staying grounded in God's word. When, when we have issues of spiritual divisiveness, false teachers bring it in, or even it just pops up within our own midst. Uh, yes, we should seek wisdom from leaders in the community of faith, but everything has to go through the lens of God's word. We need to stay grounded in the word of God, what his word says contextually as we look at whatever the issue is, because God's word is not going to deviate uh, as it relates to the gospel. It's going to be consistent. And so Peter gives an address in verses 6 through 12. And he he really points out four or five things that we're going to look at when we come back. I'm going to have you read it. And we're going to look at this idea of staying grounded in God's Word as we uh, function as His kingdom priests. All right, we will be back with more after the news, so stick with us. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. And finally, a shout-out to all of you listening online, wherever you are, uh, in the country or around the world. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be back with more after the news. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain that is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, uh, we are looking at Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 12 this week. Today we're going to focus on verses 6 through 12. Um, staying grounded in God's word and the gospel. If you missed uh, the other two days where we talked about seeking wisdom from leaders in the community of faith and standing firm against false teachers, you can go back to www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of 
programs, including this one, in just about an hour or so. Uh, so, Taylor, what I want to do is have you read verses 6 through 12, because we've already talked about the dissension. What's what's happened is some men came down from Judea, uh, and they were teaching the brothers in Antioch that unless they were circumcised, they couldn't be saved. And we saw also there were brothers, uh, there were some, quote, believers. We don't know if they were true believers or not, but who were part of the Pharisees who says not only do they have to be circumcised, they got to keep the law of Moses. And so that's where we left it. And Paul and Barnabas took Titus with them, went down to uh, or up to Jerusalem to get input from the leadership of the community of faith there, who is the guardians of truth. The church is the guardians. And so they went there to see that. And one of the first, you know, they, they were having some debate, but then Peter stood up. And he made some comments, and that's where we're going to pick it up today in verses 6 through 12. All right. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us, And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. And all the assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related the signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. So... Here's the real problem with this kind of an error when you have heresy that comes in. One, when you talk about adding to salvation, it destroys the biblical view of salvation, which is Jesus plus nothing. For by grace you've been saved through faith, by grace. But the second thing it does is it destroys the unity of the church. You have the people who are coming up to Antioch saying, listen, you guys aren't really believers because you're not Jews first. And and so it creates two classes of believers because Paul had shared the gospel with them. They had started following the way and believed in Jesus as Messiah, but they didn't know Abraham. Uh, they didn't know Moses. They didn't know those things. All they knew is that they were sinful people who needed a redeemer. And Paul started with the creation. Remember when he talked about how he preached to those people when he street preached? He started with creation with them. He didn't start with Abraham. He started with creation. And so Peter says five things here in this passage you read, the first of which was, listen, I was there. I was an eyewitness. I witnessed what God did. So he is, as a leader of the church and one of the leading apostles, says, I was there. I saw God reach down to Cornelius. He brought me to Cornelius, so I saw that. And he says in verse 7, what? Who made a choice? God made a choice. It says, God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear. That So God chose the messenger. He chose the people who would receive that message. God chose now, 
that sounds like dirty words to people, but this was written long before John Calvin ever existed on the face of the earth, that God chose. He made the choice. And notice it says in verse 8, God gave the Holy Spirit. So God made the choice. Who would hear the message? He made the choice. Who would give the message? He made the choice to give the Holy Spirit. And when he gives the Holy Spirit, that what secures them into eternal life. It's that rebirth in the Spirit that makes them part of the family of God. They are born again, to use Jesus' words from John 3. And notice what he says in verse 9. Peter, again speaking, says he, talking about God, made no distinction between us and them. Now, what were these men wanting to do? They were wanting to make a distinction between them as Jews and the people in Antioch as Gentiles. And Peter's saying, no, God made no distinction. And so he goes on. The final thing he says is, we couldn't keep the law. Why are we going to put a burden on them that we couldn't even keep? Let's not test God. And what he's saying is there, let's not make God angry. He's saying we're all saved by grace. He said in verse um, 11, we believe we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. And so that's what Peter kind of lays out. Now, as he's laying this out, notice what he's saying. He's saying that um, that that this God made the choice. This is God's word to me. It was God's word through me. So it is God's word that these Gentiles are the same as we are. We we don't have to circumcise them. They don't have to keep the law because that's not what makes them the same as us. What makes them the same is the Spirit. And who gave the Spirit? God did. And that's what he said. God made the choice. He gave them the Spirit. He made no distinction. And, you know, in Ephesians 2, Paul writes, For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. So God did away with the law so that he could make us all born again by the Spirit. That's what makes us distinct now. It's not the mark of circumcision. It's not keeping the ceremonial law or keeping the civil law. It is the Spirit of God living inside us. And 1 Corinthians 15, uh, Paul makes it clear what the gospel is. That what He says, I delivered of you of first importance in 1 Corinthians 15, what? that Christ died according to what? The Scriptures and that he was resurrected according to the scriptures. So it is in the word that clarifies the gospel that we have the gospel message. And so that's where we should go to to see what the gospel message is. We go to the word. In Romans 5, 8, it says what? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And, and so Ephesians 2, 8, 9, I said it a while ago, for by grace... Are you saved through faith? It's a gift of God. 
if you add anything to it, it's no longer grace. It's no longer a gift. It would be like me saying, Taylor, I want to give you this gift. And you saying, well, I want to let me, let me here. I, I can't take it. Here, let me give you some money. And I'm going, no, that then it's not a gift anymore. Well, then let me do some work for you. No, then it's not a gift anymore. God gives it as a gift. And um, one other passage in Hebrews 10 real quick I want to read. Hebrews does a lot dealing with this whole idea of, of grace. But Hebrews 10, 1 through 8, makes it clear that, and remember, when the writer to the Hebrews wrote Hebrews, he was dealing with people that thought they would have Jesus plus continue to keep the sacrificial system, which is exactly what these people are trying to tell them they need to do for the Gentiles. But in verse 10 or chapter 10, verse 1, it says, since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form, it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers have once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sin? But in these sacrifices, there's a reminder of sin every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you've prepared for me, and burnt offerings and sin offerings you've taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I've come to do your will, O God, as is written of me down in the scroll of the book. And if you go down to verse 11, it says, Every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But when Christ offered for all time a single sacrifice, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he's perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. For one single act, when he died on that cross, that paid for every sin that we have committed, every sin that we're presently committing, and every sin that we will commit in the future. So if you are his, is there any sin that you could commit that would keep you from being his? Blaspheme the Holy Spirit. That's really a, a rejection, right? That's a rejection. That, that sin really deals with rejection. So what I'm saying is if you're his and you have a lapse in judgment, you have a weakness and you give in to some mortal desire. Mm. Is there any sin that that sacrifice will not take away from? Mm-mm. No, because how many sins had you committed when he died on the cross? None. None. You weren't even around. So his sacrifice on the cross paid for every sin, past, present, and future. The only sin that his death on the cross doesn't atone for is your rejection of him. Because if you reject him, you're not his. Because mm-hmm. my sheep hear my voice, and they what? They follow me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We will be right back continuing our look at uh, Acts chapter 15, verses 1 through 12 today. Obviously focused on verses 6 through 12. You're listening to Spot Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more in just a moment. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is David Crowder with Red Letters. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 15, excuse me, verses 1 through 12. Today we're focusing on verses 6 through 12. If you have any questions or would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's 1-844-777-7928. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, um... If you if you look at Second uh, Corinthians three, when Paul's writing to them, and he goes, "Listen, are we beginning to commend ourselves, or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation? You yourselves are our letters of recommendation, written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the Living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts." Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency comes from who? Comes from God. And that's what he's saying. Our sufficiency comes from God. It's his grace. So to introduce any work, again, whether it's baptism, whether it's communion, whether it's being a part of one particular church, one particular denomination, one particular act that you have to do. It's not what you do. It's what he's done that secures your eternal soul into the family of God. It's that for by grace we are saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And that's pretty pretty clear you know as as paul talks about it i mentioned romans 5 8 earlier while we were still sinners christ died for us and so uh, it's not that we got to clean up our life to be accepted by him 
he loves you, like one friend of mine says, he loves you just the way you are, but he's not going to leave you the way you are. That's that's the side that you were talking about yesterday is there's a lot of people today in the name of hyper grace, you know, extreme free grace, whatever you want to call it. Say, well, you know, you trust Jesus, but you don't ever have to do anything. No. He's not going to leave you the way you are. It's not a refurbished project in your life. It's a complete teardown rebuild. So he starts you off and you start off as a babe and and you grow and uh, we never get there this side of heaven because we're cursed in a human body, right? I mean, we don't have our supernatural bodies yet. Mm-hmm. We don't get them until we pass from this life to the next. So we, we struggle with the weaknesses of this body. This body craves things that sometimes uh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, long for. I mean, it's not that the longing for those things aren't bad, but there's certain um, parameters that God has put around our world that says, you know what, this is my design, and, and you should want this within this context. But our body sometimes doesn't respond like that. Sometimes we think more like a dog or an animal than we do like a human, and that's what makes us different. You know, we don't, we're not, um, we're not like a, a, an animal that just responds like a Pavlov's response to, okay, here's a stimulus. And so we got to, we got to do whatever we got to do. No, we have an ability when you are a believer and God's spirit lives in you, there's always an avenue of escape from temptation to go against God's design. We may not always take it. But it's always there. And and that's what we live according to his leadership. He is our Lord. He is our king. And we want to put him on display. And so to represent him in the world, we, we follow his commands and we honor his commands. He says, if you love me, you'll obey me. He doesn't say, you'll be mine if you obey me. He says, if you love me, you'll obey me. We're, you know, we're his not because of what we do. We're his because of what he's done. And that's what the whole argument was. These particular Judaizers wanted to go up there and say, listen, you got to be circumcised. You got to keep the law if you really want to be on our level. And they made a distinct class, two classes, the A team and the B team. And Paul and Barnabas saying, nope, this is not right. We're not going to allow this heresy in. And so just as a review of what we talked about this week, um, we, we stand firm against false teachers. Paul says that we didn't yield even for a moment in Galatians 2 um, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved. People who will come after us need to know that there are people who are going to fight for the purity of the gospel. We need to be people who do not uh, allow heresy to come in and corrupt the gospel. First of all, second, we seek wisdom for leaders in the community of faith. Uh, we we make sure that we, uh, when we have areas of spiritual divisiveness, we go to the faith community leaders. And then third, we stay grounded in God's word. That's the only way we really are going to stay grounded anyway is in his word as our authority, contextually, not out of context. And so that's really, Taylor, the the cup, you know, that's Acts 15, 1 through 12, and um, how I see us uh, kind of 
kind of living that out, you know, in, yeah. in our world. Yeah, and, you know, for me, what I think about is, like, there, at the time, there was, you know, uh, particular things going on um, that, you know, that culture was different. Um, and so, obviously, with Christ coming, there was a lot of confusion and stuff that needed to be cleared up. Um, but there are people now, today, who use uh, these things uh, in two ways. One is to say, hey, we don't have to do anything. You know, homosexuality is okay. Transgender, all, all that is okay because the law has been abolished and, you know, we're under grace. And then there's the other side that says, well, yeah, Jesus paid the sacrifice, um, but we still have to keep the law. There are people who think that. You can find them on YouTube that are, um, I guess, I don't know what to call them, Christian uh, Levite you know, type people who really think that, uh, and they'll, they'll point to like second Peter where Jesus or where uh, Peter says, Oh, you know, the words of Paul are, are hard to understand and people twist them up and stuff. So there's a lot of, I think the, the more we understand what's the dynamics that were, are at play and then, you know, the proper function of the law, what it was there for, um, the more, the less likely we're to fall into either of those two pit holes, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if I would call them Levites or or what, you know. I, I, they they have a name that they call themselves something, um, but I I can't remember what they call themselves. I've seen a number of them, uh, though. I actually know somebody who, before they died, was uh, kind of in that camp. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's something that I became aware of when I was like seven or eight because of uh, that individual, somebody my dad knew, and. Um, so yeah, it's something, you know, for me personally, just growing up, that was something that I was like, okay, well, what the heck, where's that coming from? You know, and, and looking into their arguments and what might be wrong with them. And then, uh, you know, in the past, you know, 10 years or so, as far as as it's been on my radar, the other end of the spectrum has come to light too, where it's like pretty much everything goes and it's like, okay, that one's a whole lot easier to say. Uh, no, that that's wrong. But then they will point to uh, some of these same things and say, well, look, the law is, is gone. We're no longer under law. We're under grace. And mm. so to realize, you know, the dynamics that are at play for the people at the time and, and what they're kind of going through in the in the real arguments that are going through there is helpful because they're not saying, you know, there's no moral, <laughs> you know, you don't have to live any type of way morally. You know, so well, and that's what they say. I mean, that's um, you know, they that's that extreme free grace thing, oh, that they well, you know what, we're just believers and it's antinomianism mm-hmm. is what it is, and that's 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 a pendulum swing to a completely different place. That's not legalism, but it's like, okay, so Christ bought me, but he's just going to leave me the same and I can do whatever I want. I, I don't follow his leadership like, like yeah like why why be his that almost makes it seem like the only reason you want him is just to get a ticket stamp to get on the train to heaven yeah and well you know back i know uh like out in some some of the boonies in russia back in the day that was like hey the more i sin the more god's glorified you know what i mean like that's what rasputin was doing uh, <laughs> things like that that's not really what people are saying now um but they're just trying to say that Nothing is sinful, but then so you have that. But then obviously you're like, okay, that is wrong. Um, but then it, it can be difficult for people to say, no, we need to follow God's moral law. 
You know what I mean? Because it was, well, look, when they say there, all you got to do is not eat uh, blood and, and things like that. And so to really realize, like you were saying the other day, that that was about um, uh, living together, um, Jew and Gentile, quote unquote. Um, but then also the different types, uh, or the different facets of the law and kind of when those things ended, I think for me was helpful because I was on the fence like, okay, well, what, in the, what do I make of um, – the law because it's it's hard to understand when some things say you know it's it's not going to pass away and then you see that uh paul says uh you know that it's for it condemns you to death it's for that's what it's for that's why it's there and so uh, well it, it reveals that we're sinful mm-hmm. right the law that's the purpose of the law yeah I mean, paul says i wouldn't know what sin was without the law but it doesn't mean that once you become a believer that you just completely ignore it yeah and it, and the following the law is not what saves you. And I think that's a huge uh, thing here, obviously, is, um, you know, adding that circumcision and the following of the law, uh, that would be adding something to grace like you're talking about. And I think for the people at the time, they were thinking, oh, we're all Jews. Like, this is what Jews do and not realizing that God was ushering in something new, something different, you know, with the church. So anyway, that is all the time we have for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual